Welcome to the Choose Optimism podcast brought to you by Optimist International, a podcast to let you know of all the good things that might be happening right in your own backyard. This is a podcast to highlight the positive influences of Optimist clubs right in your own community. Welcome to the Choose Optimism podcast, we where we are looking for things and letting you know that of the things that are happening right in your backyard, helping children all across the United States. We always like to start with a quote here, kind of get you thinking about things and maybe inspire you to do something else. And today I found, just remember, when you think you're trash, it's called garbage can, not garbage cannot. So when you think of that, you know, when you're having the down the dumps, just having a bad day, just remember, if you put your mind to it and you'd be optimistic, anything can happen. And today we have a special guest who is joining us from the Michigan District, and it is my pleasure at this time to introduce Fatima Plater. Fatima, thank you for joining us today. It's really an honor. I'm looking forward to it. Well, one of the things we talk about is our optimist story, because everybody has a story, but there's certain ways that we have become optimists or involved with the optimist in an organization. Fatima, tell us a little bit about your optimist story, how you got started and your journey as an optimist. Well, I think I have a unique story. Many of us as optimists have heard about the elevator speech that we're all supposed to prepare just in case. I actually was recruited 28 years ago on an elevator at Riverfront Apartments by Herb Strather, a former international vice president and board member. Literally after working, because I was a teacher, uh, I got on the elevator. He was on the same in the same tower that I was. And he said in a very friendly voice, we're having a meeting. Wouldn't you like to come? It's all about young people. It's all about children and how we can make a difference in their lives. Well, I thought about it. And then he added, oh, also there'll be free food. And because I just gotten off work, I thought, wow, children, free food, I'll go. And when I got there, I was impressed by the message of uh, giving back to the community. And I also thought this is something that is going to help the children that I'm working with. And so I signed up and 28 years later, I'm still an optimist. It's amazing what an offer of free food and drinks can get people to do. I We were joking about this, this weekend at our district meeting when we had uh, a Chinese auction at the last minute and they wanted to do it earlier in the afternoon, but uh, we raised a lot more when there was alcohol being provided with the dinner. So it's amazing what that can do for, uh, for a fundraiser with that. Well, I'll have to say there was no alcohol, but there was free food and friendly people. So... And then the thought of being able to utilize so many of the programs that were mentioned with my students made that dif- made the difference. Fatima, what are some of the positions and the, some of the things that you've accomplished in your optimist journey? Well, I'd hate, I hate, I don't want to call this a brag. What I'm going to say is everything that I've accomplished has been through the support of optimist members and people that I have worked with, mentors, and then seeing the results of the work in the children that I have uh, worked with in terms of serving in not only my classroom and my school, but actually in my state and internationally. So I started out knowing nothing uh, and began to learn because I was a charter member of Metro Riverfront Optimist Club, which is still in existence, celebrating our 28th year this, this year. And I just stepped up and volunteered when there was a need. I was on the board. Then I had to become president midway in the first year. We were distinguished and we were distinguished the second year, double distinguished at that time. I just went on 
and learned more and was encouraged by uh, fellow optimists. I was a lieutenant governor, assistant governor, membership chair for my district. Uh, because I'm a teacher, I was inspired to uh, learn more about the organization and shared with others, became an international trainer. I was mentored by Herb Strather and began building clubs. I've now built 27 optimist clubs. Um, I just love being a lifelong learner and I love the results of doing that. I began to be encouraged to run for different offices. I ran for the Optimist International Board uh, in Denver, Colorado against some great people who were, had more name recognition, but I won and I was no one was more shocked than I was. So I served on the International Board of Directors and, uh, for three years. Uh, and then I've just gone on to serve different chairs, membership chair, international membership chair, program committee. It goes on and on. And then someone said, you'd be great at the foundation. And I realized that the foundation is the heartbeat of our organization. And we support so many things that I love, like joy. And I ran and I won. And I guess optimism has made a difference in my life because it's kind of changed me, made me more giving and welcoming to extending myself. And any kudos that I have, whether they be in the organization or in the community, I truly owe, I owe to optimism and I try to live by the creed. And that's one of the things we talk about on this podcast is even though you remember, you can take your leadership role to as far as you want if you work on things and people don't realize that. You can be a just, if you choose to be a member, that's great, but if you have if you want to grow as a leader, there are unlimited opportunities to grow within this organization alone. I will say that for me, it was so important to have mentors, to have people who saw things that in me that I necessarily would not have ever thought would you know would make it possible for me to bring some of these things to fruition. But they encouraged me. Another person who encouraged me, other than Herb Strather, was Judge Alex J. Allen, who kept putting me, putting me in the backseat of his car and taking me to things, taking me to conferences when I was just a club president, just as how I thought of myself. But just being able to meet optimists from all over the Michigan district and see how they worked and how we had common goals truly inspired me to do more. Let's talk a little bit about your involvement in Joy. And I'm getting more familiar with Joy now that my daughter has started a Joy Club and I am familiarizing myself, but you have a lot of experience in that. And let's talk about Joy and the, the things that that means to you within our organization. Well, number one, uh, I was so uh, connected with Joy even before I became a Joy Advisor, because of my involvement in my profession in service learning community volunteerism, which I was actually awarded Service Learning uh, Educator of the Year by the state of Michigan prior to becoming an optimist. I'm really interested in not only leadership development, but inclusion of all of our students in understanding why we learn these things in school and how we can use reading, writing, math, science, all of these uh, these skills to have a powerful voice in our school, our community, and the world by coming up with projects that impact not only ourselves, but others. And so I had that background prior to becoming an optimist, and I saw a, a perfect segue as it related to joy, because future leaders have to start somewhere. And because 
most of my focus in, in education was elementary and middle school, although I did teach in high school for a brief moment. I also had the background in special education for the physically and mentally impaired, which made me want to include more of our special needs students in these projects, because I truly believe every child wants to give and every child wants to serve. And joy was just perfect. All of those things came together in joy. And I was able to expand and to watch my students grow from not wanting to give up a penny to wanting to work and do $2,000 worth of pennies during 9-11, uh, to, to not wanting to share, to learning about students in Haiti and wanting to give money and find ways of fundraising to help the students in Haiti, to just wanting to worry about themselves, to adopting a daycare uh, classroom in a shelter for abused women and children and having my middle school teacher uh, students to actually volunteer there. Uh, I just don't think we understand the power of joy, the power of student leadership, making students who cared not only about themselves, but others. What a world we would have if everyone had the experience of joy in their lives. And I agree with that statement. Like I said, as mo the more I learn about joy and the more fun that I have with it, it's amazing to see how these kids can come up with ideas. And one of the things that my daughter came up with this actually this past weekend, they're going to visit a retirement home and hand out blankets that were gifted to them by a club in Great Falls and just to go visit with the residents and make their day a better for them. You know, it's just amazing to see how resilient and how these kids can think of things when we wouldn't even probably think about in our own lives. I agree. And one of the things that I love about joy is I like to focus on the younger students, the younger uh, participants, because if we teach them early, then when they get to high school, we can literally just step back and watch them go. It is There is a lot of work in working with younger students, but it pays off in so many ways. And I'll give you an example, uh, because I did teach in elementary school uh, for the latter part of my career, and I had a second grade student, his name is Vincent E. Duma, and he was... Uh, new, his family had just moved to America from Nigeria, and he had a, a special uh, physical handicap that was handled through surgery. And he was very, very shy, just very, very shy. I made him, as he tells it, participate in joy and the oratorical contest. That's So that's 20 years ago. I visited the Illinois district recently as a middle America Optimus International Foundation representative. And who is there? Vincent Iduma with his second grade student, child, I'm sorry, Vincent II. And he got up and talked about, in a nice way, my pushiness when he was in joy and how it changed his life because he was so shy. He's an engineer now and he has to speak in front of uh, strangers, really, and, and teach. And he says that joy and that participation brought him out of his shell. And he's looking now in his community for joy for his student, for his child. And I don't think you can get a, you cannot, in fact, I almost teared up, a better testimony to the power of joy and committed advisors than Vincent's story. Now, obviously, joy is a huge part of your optimist story, and you are very passionate about that. And it takes people that are passionate about these things to make things work. 
tell us a little bit about your role as the joy liaison for the or for the Optimist International Foundation or OIF. Well, when I um, was elected to the Optimist International Foundation board last year, each of the board members takes on a responsibility to act as a liaison. In other words, to participate uh, as a representative of the foundation for board meetings, uh, Zoom calls, quarterly Zoom calls, uh, listening and participating with joy advisors from all over the United States and Canada, anyone who is there. There are joy clubs in Uganda, in Africa that have been formed. And I just, uh, my, my role is to listen and learn and to report back to the Optimus International Foundation Board. So you report to the Optimus International Foundation about joy clubs. Explain a little bit about some of the stuff that you talk about with the foundation with that. Well, I talk about the focus of the, uh, the uh, joy international president. And for the last two years, the focus has been on literacy. They're also... Uh, they put together at the convention, they asked people to bring books because wherever the, the JOY uh, board and JOY members meet uh, at our conventions, they always have projects. At our last international convention, their project was putting together community lending libraries. You've seen those wooden structures that you can leave a book, take a book, and bring after you've read it, put it back. Well, they've really been strong on literacy the last two years. Also, one of their major focuses in, in their organization right now is communication and growth. And communicating brings about growth. And so they've, they've kind of streamlined uh, what they're looking for in terms of joy advisors. What are some of the qualities that they're looking for? Uh, what are their responsibilities? Uh, they are really high level. And I think we all as uh, adult quote unquote optimists have a lot to learn from our junior optimists. I agree completely. And one we've been talking a lot about those mobile book libraries in our district. There's actually a, an optimist club that is putting those together in our community and stocking them with toiletry items and snacks for kids that don't have the accessibility to those. So it's amazing how the ideas can be shared across the whole entire optimist families to make a difference in their communities. That is a huge, huge thing. Do you work with the joy clubs directly or you just focus morally like on the joy board when you report to liaison on the foundation? I'm working uh, mainly with the joy board. Now I do belong to more than one optimist club because I am, uh, I find it difficult to say no. And one of my optimist clubs does have a joy club. And so as a, as a club member, I'm able to be supportive of that effort. Uh, but you know, I have been an advisor to an elementary, a middle school joy, wherever I have worked, I've always started a joy club and I'm just very proud of my, not only my history, but I'd have to say the Michigan district is one of the major joy districts. And if I could just share a little data with you, I think it's important for us to know that to start a joy club, you only need eight members. That a joy clubs, in terms of the number that we have internationally, 391. In terms of the joy membership, 9,180. And what I found when I was a vice president of this organization, the strong districts are the districts that have joy, are joy districts. 
You only need four joy clubs to start a district. But those districts that have joy, that are joy districts, strong membership, strong uh, programs. And I believe it's directly tied to what we're supposed to be about. And that is serving our communities, our youth, and then growing ourselves. When we do start a joy club, tell us some of the things that you have focused on to help make those joy clubs stronger as you're doing things. Because these are some impressive numbers. I mean, you know, 361 clubs, you said? is there... 91. 391. 91. In 9,000 members, that's quite a big jump of members, you know, without not a lot of clubs. Well, you also have to realize that these are numbers coming out of COVID. And many of our, uh, not all, but many of our joy clubs are coming, are being formed out of schools. So the numbers could even be greater if we hadn't, you know, if we weren't coming out of COVID. Uh, what to remember that uh, when I was a joy uh, advisor, maybe some of the things I did you don't do anymore, but I did them anyway because I was dealing with elementary students. So what we did is we did a lot of joint projects with our sponsor club. Uh, you were talking about how some of the things you're doing as an adult club, joy clubs, why not work together on some projects? We did, but I started out, we had elections of officers even in elementary school, starting with third graders. So they had to campaign, give speeches, have posters, do all those things in the school. And what shocked me, which shouldn't have, a lot of the uh, officers that won these elections were not necessarily the students that I thought would be chosen. And it just shows that popularity and also uh, the ability, some skills can come from students that maybe you didn't have as your top students. So. I, that taught me a valuable lesson because anyone who joined had the opportunity to run for office. Then making it a big deal that you're a joy member. We had sweatshirts, we had pins, we had a banner. We um, had a swearing in ceremony, just like the adults and brought in uh, the joy president, uh, governor of the district. Uh, we met on a weekly basis and we planned and we brought in people to talk to us and educate us about the things that we wanted to do. And then we marketed what we did school-wide or whatever, community-wide. We had posters up and everybody could give and we got teachers involved. And there was a benefit from doing this, Shane, that I didn't realize initially. Our parent club was able to recruit new members because they saw how our students were serving the school and the community, and they wanted to be a part of the parent organization. Tell us a little bit about what you're hoping for with these Joy Kids hopefully becoming optimists, and have you had any of the Joy Kids that you've had become optimists? And Well, I have. Not only have they become optimists, they've become leaders in the community. Uh, one of my Joy students, and this just tells you the power of Joy. So we went to our district meeting, our, our club, we got them, you know, transportation and we got there and they immediately wanted to run for district offices. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. This is their first joy district meeting. But, you know, they sat down and wrote their speeches because they participated in the oratorical contest. So they had no fear. And one of my members, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about her personally, two of them ended up being lieutenant governors. One ran for district governor, her first convict her first meeting, she only didn't win because she'd never been to an international convention. But guess what? We got them to an international convention and she became a board member. 
an international board member. We built a college club at U of M that she was the president of. And now she's the vice president of community outreach at DTE Energy. But we have so many successful stories of people who've become chefs, pharmacists, started their own schools. And it's amazing. They all talk about how it all started with joy. You said that one of the things that we want to reach out to is, you know, former members of joy. What are some of the things you're hoping that these people will say? And well, I'm, Thank you, because this leads into a conversation I recently had with Amy Keller, who is over the entire JOY program at Optimus International in St. Louis, Missouri. And I presented to her and I said, wouldn't it be great if we could get the stories? Where are they now? The impact of JOY in some of our former JOY members' lives. And it came from my face-to-face -face with Vincent Duma in the Illinois district. And she said, I think that's a great idea. So if you don't mind, I'd like to share with anyone listening, if you know of anyone who is a former JOY member, would you please contact Amy Keller? She wants to hear their story and share their story. And they can contact her by emailing junioroptimist at optimist.org or amy, A-M-Y dot Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R, at optimist.org. I just think it would be wonderful if we would have an opportunity of sharing their stories and seeing the impact of joy in the lives of so many of our young adults. Fatima, we'd like to thank you for being on the podcast today and sharing your knowledge of the joy organization and your position as a joy liaison to the OIF. Well, thank you so much for having me. Time just slipped away. <laughs> So thank you again. And then, like I said, it's amazing how all these quotes tie together that we always kind of tie everything together at the end of the podcast. And this one was taken from an elementary student that said, an optimist is someone who expects all the crayons to be in the box. We would like to thank you for listening to the Choose Optimism podcast. If you like our podcast, please give us a five-star review and share with your family and friends to let them know what's going on in your community as well. And until next time, remember to choose optimism. 